Alrighty folks, welcome into another brand new edition of the 901 Soccer Podcast. I'm your host, Lawrence Dockery. Find me on Twitter at LDoc93. Find the 901 Soccer Podcast on Twitter at 901 Soccer Pod. You can find us on Facebook as well. Just go over to Facebook and search 901 Soccer and we should pop right up. Uh, Gonna keep this one short and not so sweet uh, this time around. Uh, Memphis 901 FC falls 1-0 to the Pittsburgh Riverhounds in a makeup game from a previously uh, postponed weather-related match. Um, the less that's said about this, the better, because quite frankly, that was some of the most boring, dreadful, awful soccer I've ever watched in my life. That's not... This is weird because you like you know me and I like to be mad about things and 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 blame assess blame and that sort of thing. But um, Coach McQueen and a couple of players touched on in the post game seventy two hour turnaround between the game against St Louis and then the game against Pittsburgh is a very quick turnaround. And then you're playing an established team in the USL. They've been around for a minute. And they're one of the better teams in the league. In fact, I believe with the win over Memphis, they clinched a playoff spot for the USL playoffs. Um, Coach Moku mentioned they'd had seven consecutive shutouts. That's utterly absurd in a phenomenal way. I mean, it sucked for Memphis, but that is absurd and awesome for Pittsburgh. Seven games without conceding a goal. That's, I don't want to quite say that's unheard of, but it doesn't happen often. So whoever is the next person to score against Pittsburgh, you might want to keep that ball and put it in a case somewhere because it it hasn't been happening. So Memphis now makes eight straight shutouts. Um, But it's kind of the same thing that we saw Saturday night against St. Louis, just kind of a dreadful, boring, lifeless game. Uh, They both finished 1-0. Obviously, against Pittsburgh, Memphis comes out on the wrong end of that 1-0 scoreline. And, you know, that's one of the things Coach McQueen said is that this game played out exactly the way they thought it was going to play out. They knew they were going to be able to keep the ball. Pittsburgh was going to pack it in, bunker in. They weren't going to come out of their own half, and they were going to get one chance and take it, and that's exactly what happened. They had one corner probably 15 minutes into the game. And it was a corner, headed in, goal, 1-0, done and dusted. And Memphis didn't really threaten at all until the last 10 minutes of the game, and there were a couple of half-decent chances. Nothing uh, quite like the first month or two of the season where every chance was a great chance that they just couldn't put away. They just didn't get any good chances tonight. Part of that is the way that Pittsburgh plays. They like to foul a lot, break things up. Coach McQueen was not happy with uh, some of the refereeing decisions, which I found odd because they got called for 17 fouls to, I think, three for Memphis. I know Memphis only got called for two in the second half. I know Pittsburgh was issued three or four cautions. Uh, That's yellow card in layman's terms. Um, One thing that I did find goofy about the referee tonight was that he blew his whistle very, very hard for the most random, nondescript, run-of-the-mill, average foul. And typically, as a referee, what you try to do is you have to to, sep- you know, to assess 
for other players to assess the severity of the call. I, hang on, that, that's not the really the right way to say it. But you have to have different tones of whistle for different types of calls, if that makes sense. Like, the whistle for a penalty is not going to sound the same as a whistle for offside or kickoff, right? And an average foul that's just a foul at midfield is going to sound different on the whistle than a uh, hard studs-up send-off for serious foul play type foul. And he came bringing the thunder on all of the average run-of-the-mill fouls and then continued to bring the thunder for the harder ones and the offside calls, which I, th I thought was just a little bit odd. But that's just me, and I'm, I'm not PRO or national or anything like that, so uh, what do I know? But I thought, outside of a goofiness with his whistle tone, I thought it was a well-officiated game. Um, not sure, I mean, if the team's going to foul you, they're going to foul you, and the referee's options are cautions and send-offs. There weren't any send-off offenses, no violent conduct, no serious foul play, no dog so, no nothing. Um, so three or four cautions felt about right, and Memphis just couldn't take advantage of the numerous free kicks they got. I think it, just about every single one of Mark Birch's corner kicks went over everybody and out the other side of the 18-yard box. I think all of his free kicks got headed away by the first or second defender. Not really sure why Cam Lindley wasn't out there. Maybe maybe he just needed a, a game off. But uh, when he's not out there and when somebody else is taking free kicks, it's really noticeable because Cam Lindley can can send in a free kick. He's especially good on corner kicks, dropping them right inside the six-yard box onto Brandon Allens or Marcus Epps or whoever's head. And we didn't get that against Pittsburgh. So that was, you know, opportunities, not golden clear-cut opportunities, but opportunities nonetheless that kind of just went by the wayside. And just a ugly, awful, terrible, boring 1-0 soccer game. I mean, I hope there weren't, I mean, there weren't a lot of people there to begin with. They announced the attendance, I think it was 4142, so 4,142. Um, if there were 4,000 people there, uh, I'll eat my shirt. Um, again, not going not gonna to get too upset about the sparse crowd for a variety of reasons. Primarily, this was not when the game was originally scheduled for. This is a makeup game. It's a Tuesday night during football season. Um, you know, so not going to get too mad about that one. The crowds, for the most part, have been very good this year. And one thing that I really appreciate, um, everybody in the sporting world, this is not a soccer-specific a soccer specific problem. This is soccer, baseball, hockey, even the NFL. Um are, you know, the, the tickets sold versus actual butts and seats. And there's a lot, uh, some of the teams, the Houston Dynamo, FC Dallas, New York Red Bulls are the serial offenders of, hey, we've got 27,000 people in the stadium, and then you look and it looks like there's about 3,500. Um, and what I really appreciate about Memphis 901 FC is that with the exception of the game against Pittsburgh, and to a lesser extent, the game against St. Louis on Saturday, the announced attendance has just about visually matched what the crowd looks like. 
there might have been maybe maybe one game uh, where where it was uh, kind of nasty weather. I think that might have been the Birmingham game Music Fest weekend, where you looked and I think maybe everybody was just kind of milling around on the concourse trying to stay out of the rain, or they were at a or they never got off got it, managed to get out of Tom Lee Park. Uh, but so I'm not going to get too terribly upset about the sparse crowd against Pittsburgh for reasons that I, that I mentioned. But uh, I did I did have to kind of chuckle when when that uh, attendance number was passed along to us in the press box, and I went, "Hmm, don't really think so, but we'll roll with it." Um, but anyway, that's it's just so. That's really all I've. That's really all I've got for you. There's, there's not, there was, there's not too much to tell about it, to be honest. Um, Seventy-five minutes of one chance and one goal, and then fifteen, ten to fifteen minutes of a couple of half chances, but nothing concrete. And that's, that's really, that's really all I got. There's, there's, it was, it was just boring. Um. You got three home games left this year. You've got Bethlehem Steel on Saturday, and Coach McQueen pointed out that with their affiliation with the Philadelphia Union, uh, they have the ability to drop down MLS guys, so you don't really know what the roster is going to look like and how to necessarily prepare for them as well as you should because you don't know what that roster is going to look like until probably the day before. And then... You've got a road game at Indy 11, and Indy came in here and smacked us around. And then you've got home games against Charlotte and Louisville. I really want Louisville to take off and be a, be a rivalry. I really want that to happen. And I was in Louisville over Labor Day weekend to watch uh, Notre Dame take on Louisville in college football. Go Irish. Um, but... I drove by the Louisville City Stadium that is under construction in Butchertown, which is a an area of downtown on the other side of the interstate. And that is going to be a super sexy, super gorgeous soccer stadium. And I really, really want Memphis-Louisville, I really want that to become, that stadium to be something that maybe spurs Memphis into getting one. I don't know that Memphis is really ever going to get a soccer stadium. That's way down the road. I mean, Louisville City's been the most successful team in USL over the last five years, and they're just now getting it next year. They're going to be getting it next year. So, um, but that could be certainly be a trash-talking point for Memphis and Louisville. And we've seen Memphis and Louisville can, what can be with men's basketball back in the old Metro Conference days. In Conference USA, you had Denny Crum v. Dana Kurt, Rick Pitino v. John Calipari, uh, you even got one year of David Padgett versus Tubby Smith. Uh, so th- th- that it's the cities are of similar size. They're both river cities. They're both basketball towns. Uh, the universities are of similar size. They're both urban universities. Um, they have both basketball first. Um, both got USL towns. There's a lot of similarities there, and I think that we've seen it in basketball to a lesser extent in football. I think it can happen in soccer. And you've also got the additional little bit of juice with Morgan Hackworth's dad, John Hackworth, being the Louisville City coach. So that's always, uh, you know, 
that's always something that, if nothing else, it's good for a headline and a talking point. But that's all I got for you guys uh, this time around. Just kind of a bleh kind of outing. One that you got to put in the review mirror, focus on Bethlehem, and get three more points so you can stay alive for the playoff push. That will wrap it up here for us on the 901 Soccer Podcast this time around. Again, I'm your host, Lawrence Dockery. Thanks for listening. You can check me out on Twitter at LDoc93. Find the 901 Soccer Podcast on Twitter at 901 Soccer Pod. And find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash 901 Soccer. Everyone, thanks again for listening. Be safe, be good. Talk to you next time.